church said to be here to celebrate Easter together. We had an amazing time in our 930 service. We're going to have another amazing time here at our 1130 service. And, uh, you know, this morning I have the privilege uh, in the very short time that we have to share a message that I hope is going to encourage you here on Easter Sunday. And uh, I don't know if you about, about you, but there's one more person that we need to be recognizing and honoring and welcoming in addition to our first-time guests. Uh, he's here all the time. We're here. His name is Jesus Christ the King. Let's give Jesus a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. This is Thrive Church, right? This is, our, this is the 1130 service of Thrive Church, right? I said give Jesus a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. Come on. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He's our Savior. He's the reason why we celebrate. You know, I, I had the, the, the honor, I guess I'll call it the honor, of dressing up as an Easter bunny this past Sunday. Uh, you know, over the past weeks, as we've been promoting Easter service, I like dressing up as an Easter bunny. It's kind of fun. You know, uh, my, my, my son and my, my nephews and, you know, a lot of our kids here at Thrive, they love to do Easter egg hunts. But the reason why we're here today is not for the Easter bunny. It's not for Easter egg hunts. It's not because spring break is over. It's because of Jesus Christ. If you believe us, say amen. It's because we believe that Jesus lived the most amazing life, that he died a painful, excruciating death, not because he deserved it, but because he was dying on the cross for your sins and my sins, so that we could have a way back to God, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a brand new start. And not only did Jesus die on the cross, but he was buried on the third day. He rose again from the grave, and now the Bible says he stands at the right hand of God. And for all those who will trust in him, for all those who will open up their hearts to him, Jesus makes a real life difference in their lives. If you believe that, give Jesus a big hand, a big shout in this place. He's the reason why we're here. I said give Jesus a big hand, a big shout in this place. Come on. Amen. Turn it over and say, it's really good to celebrate with you. Well, this morning, I want to start off the message by uh, asking you a very deep, life-changing question, which is, do you guys like to play video games? Do you, guys, do you guys like to play video games? I, I, for some reason, am in a season right now where I'm playing a lot more video games. And a big reason is because of my five-year-old son. His name is Bradley. And uh, he likes video games. I like video games. And that's one of the ways that we bond together. Just 40 minutes a week is what we do. We just try to limit his screen time. But those 40 minutes are very precious to us. And those 40 minutes we are playing right now, a game, it's called Paper Mario Color Splash. I don't know if you've heard it before. And this game is really cute. It's involving this guy called Mario. You may have heard of before, may have seen before. He you know, wears a red hat. He's got a mustache. He likes to jump around. And in this game called Paper Mario Color Splash, do you know what he does? He goes around this world that is losing color. He goes around this world where there are different places where the color is fading out. And what he does is he takes this huge hammer that's bigger than himself. I don't know how he carries it. And this hammer is filled with all this colored paint. And he'll go to all those places that are losing color. And he'll go... <gasps> And he'll, he'll just fill every place where there's no color with color once again. He's putting color back into the world. Why do I mention that today? It's because in a weird but very real way, today we're celebrating Jesus and what he does in our lives. And how many of us know that Jesus has a way of putting color back into your world? If you believe that, say amen. 
Jesus has a way of putting life in places where there wasn't life. Jesus has a way of bringing hope to places where there wasn't hope. Jesus has a a way of bringing meaning to areas of your life where there wasn't meaning before. Jesus has a way of bringing strength where there wasn't strength before. That's what Jesus does. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. And in fact, if you look at the invitations that you may have received to come here today, if you've looked on the decorations on the wall, if you see the presentations on the screen on the stage, you're going to notice something, which is that there's a theme that we're trying to communicate to you, which is that Jesus puts the color back into our lives. He brings hope where there is no hope. He brings life where there is no life. And I could stand here today and talk to you all day about the ways that Jesus can bring color into your world But I just thought, wouldn't it be cool on Easter Sunday if we could hear from people who've experienced that in real life? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? And so we thought today and for the next two weeks, we're going to be starting something brand new at Thrive that I'm really excited about. It's called Your Story, My Story. And this is a series we started here at Thrive starting today where we're going to be asking different people, real people, ordinary people like you and me, who've got struggles like you and me. They've got strengths and weaknesses like you and me. They have joys and sorrows like you and me. And they're going to come up on the stage and they're going to share a little bit about the real life experience they've had of how Jesus affected their story, how Jesus made a difference in their lives, how Jesus put color back into the world. How many of you know, I don't know if you know this, but that God is writing a story with your life. God is the greatest storyteller, and he is famous for making Jesus the hero of every story he writes. And whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, God is writing a story with your life. And you know, something powerful happens when you recognize that. Something powerful happens when you start to see how what you're going through today connects with a bigger story that God is writing with your life. When you start to understand that God is writing a story with your life, it helps you to get through what you're going through. When you understand that God is writing a story with your life, it helps you to see your purpose for living once again. When you start to see that God is, has, God has a story that he's writing with your life, it helps you make sense of some of the stuff that's sometimes hard to make sense of. And that's why I hope you're going to join us, not just today, but next week and the week after for a time we're going to call Your Story, My Story, where we're going to learn not just something about the people who share their stories, but I think in the process, you're going to learn a little bit about your story as well. In the process, you're going to learn a little bit about the story that God is writing in your life too. And so I hope you know not just join us today, but come back next week and the week after. Turn your favorite, give a high five and say, Your Story, My Story. Are you guys excited for your story, my story? We're going to launch it today. And I'm very excited to welcome our very first guest for your story, my story. Three and a half years ago, I had the pleasure and the joy of officiating his wedding to his lovely wife called Wendy. And since that time, we've become good friends. In addition to being a medical doctor, this guest of mine has an encyclopedic knowledge of NBA basketball. He is uh, an NBA basketball genius in many ways. Uh, He's uh, a great teammate to have when you're playing Pictionary because he's very good at drawing. Uh, He's also, uh, he and his wife are also now the proud parents, uh, not of a baby, maybe not yet, but of uh, a dog called Lucy, uh, who you might meet later on. Uh, Would you please join me in welcoming to your story, my story, the one and only Dr. Tony Lee. Give Tony a big hand here in this place right now. so much and uh tony it's great to have you here yeah thanks for having me one more time dr tony lee let's give him a big hand welcome to the stage today 
And uh, Tony, I, uh, before we begin, uh, I just want to say, and I didn't tell this to you before, but uh, one of the things I really appreciate about Tony is that you don't know this for those who have been here for the first time, but uh, every week on Sundays when I come and preach the message, uh, very often it's Tony uh, who's the one who brings the podium up for me, and he does it very discreetly, very quietly. Uh, it takes a certain amount of humility and consistency uh, to serve that way, and I've always really appreciated about that right. about you. Uh, and you know, today you're not here to bring up a podium, but here to bring up a story, right? Yes. You're yes. here to share your story with us today, and really looking forward to it. You've got a really, really cool story. Uh, and uh, this morning, uh, before we show uh, your story, I thought we'd show some pictures of Tony. Is that okay? Can we? Can, you guys want to see some old photos from Memory Lane of Tony Lee? Let's let's just check out some photos right now. Uh, let's let's look at that. Oh, look at that one. Oh, look at that. That is cute. That is cute. Is that is that you? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, that yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, where was this taken? Where was this taken? This was uh, taken in Kaohsiung, Taiwan, when I was about uh, two years old. Okay, yeah. two years yeah. old in Taiwan. That's where you're born. Yes, that's okay, right. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Let's look at the next one here. Okay, that's the, that's a cute one as well. Yeah. Let's look at the next one. Okay, now I just saw my top optometrist a couple days ago, right. so I, I know I'm not seeing double, but I see a boy beside you, and I, don't, I can't even tell which one is you, but there's one who looks a lot like you, who's dressed just like you. Who is that? Yeah, that's my twin brother, Jack. That's uh, your twin yeah. brother, Jack. Okay, yeah, yeah. who's older between the two of you? Yeah, he's older by about five minutes. Yeah. He's older by five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the baby, or you're the baby in the family yeah, by yeah, five so that's minutes. Right. Yeah, okay, that's who, right. who's the older one there? Yeah, that's my uh, older sister, Cindy. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. Let's look at another photo here. You guys look really happy in that photo. Maybe, Tony, you could tell us a little bit about what was your childhood like? What was it like growing up yeah. in your home? Yeah. I would say it was definitely a happy family, such as the photo that you see in, you see in here. Um, my dad was a very hard worker. He's a white-collar uh, guy. Um, he's a doctor himself. And, uh, you know, at a very young age, he was uh, big on teaching the kids about... Um, doing the right thing and having good work ethic and uh, sometimes you know my parents would have to bring out the coat hanger in order to teach us the right discipline coat yeah. hanger yeah. not to hang your clothes but coat hanger to beat you up yes right? okay. yes it's discipline <laughs> yeah wow. i feel like that's actually a very traditional uh chinese in family yeah, in okay. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Have that. yeah okay here you might get arrested for that Interesting. <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, but uh, that, that's that's good but uh you know the the thing is uh you know any funny stories of uh you know uh times when you had to uh feel the wrath of the coat hanger <laughs> oh yeah yeah um yeah i remember i was about maybe six or seven years old and uh, we had a glass table in the living room similar to this and uh, for some reason I just happened to have a hammer in my hand that day and uh, at that age I did play rock paper scissors I know kind of what what's gonna happen if the hammer meets the coffee table but uh, and I've never seen it happen so I decided that you know what I'm just gonna test it out and see you it. You know in theory yeah, that you yeah, have to test yes, it. Like that's right. Yes, yes. I always need to see the proof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And what happened? Yeah, and so, you know, I, I did it and uh, feel the wrath of the coat hanger. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's really funny. That's really good. Let's look at the next photo right here. Yeah. Uh, this is you guys now in Vancouver, I understand, yeah. right? That's yeah. you and, again, your, your brother Jack. Uh, I noticed the glass table has turned into a marble table. That's a little harder to break with a hammer. Yes, right? yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Okay, next one. Let's see. Okay, this is you guys a little bit older looking kind of gangster right yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, very nice. Yeah. Next, next, next one here. Uh, you guys uh, wearing the same thing, yeah which, yeah, which is what twins will, you know, sometimes do, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys ever mind wearing the same thing? Yeah, uh, no, especially not on Canada Day, which was, uh, the Can it was Canada Lot Day when we visited the Great Wall in Beijing. 
and uh, you know, we were both proud to be Canadians. So, uh, you know, when we went on the hike to Great Wall, we both wanted to wear our uh, 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 Roots T-shirt that says where we're from. I see. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Canada yeah. pride. Yeah. I just noticed actually that speaking of twins, we're, we're dressed very similarly <laughs> today too. Don't you find? Yeah. I, I told them to wear bright colors, and I, I guess uh, we we wore pretty much matching outfits. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's great. I think we're twins as well. That's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, let's look at the next one here. Now this one is uh, get, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is July 2010 in Beijing, China, yes, that's right. where yeah. you are graduating yeah. from Peking University, yeah. the medical school there, yeah. which is basically the top medical school in Asia. Yeah. Uh, and many many people say one of the top medical schools in the world. Yeah. Uh, and there you are, July 2010. Uh, did you always know you wanted to be a doctor? Uh, no, to be honest, no. Uh, I think my dad always figured that I was going to be a great doctor. He thought that I was uh, fairly intelligent for my age and um, that uh, I would have the uh, right sort of heart for the for the people to be a good doctor, but I didn't always want to do it. I, I kind of was rebellious. I wanted to do my own thing. What did you want to do? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, you watch a lot of like cartoons. So you see all these uh, you know superheroes fighting bad guys, fighting fighting villains. Okay. And so, one of my dreams was actually to be a policeman because wow. I wanted to okay. take down villains. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I also admired uh, Pete Sampras. I would say was the, the tennis player. Yeah, the, Pete yeah, Sampras. yeah, one of okay. the greatest play tennis players of all time, okay. Pete Sampras. Yep. And yep. Uh, also thought about being a basketball player because okay. I really uh, like the Ray Allen, who's actually going to be a Hall of Famer. Yes. This okay. this year. So yeah. basketball yeah. as well. So you, yeah. you you had so you had other dreams besides yeah. being a doctor. You yeah. thought about being a policeman. You thought about being yeah. the, the the next yeah. Asian yeah. Pete Sampras. Yeah. You wanted to be the next uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess Taiwanese Ray Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, you obviously you you followed the route of medicine. Yeah. Uh, do you enjoy being a doctor? Oh, for sure. It's uh, one of the most rewarding jobs out there. I would think. Yeah. yeah. It's good okay. to um, be able to um, just have a sense of accomplishment that you felt like you did. Uh, something good that you made a difference in people's lives yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Now, speaking of your family, your your dad, you said, is a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Your sister is a doctor. Yeah. Your twin brother is yeah. a doctor. Yeah. And you're a doctor yeah, as well. Yeah, That's yeah. a family of doctors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just curious, kind of growing up in your home with your family, what kind of role did religion or faith play? Yeah, uh, there, wasn't, uh, there wasn't really a role for religion, I would say. Yeah, we came from a family with, uh, I would say, a typical Taiwanese family with, a mixture of kind of Buddhism and Taoism, but then my my parents they, they themselves were not uh, religious. Yeah, I see. So you didn't go to church. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, that kind of. What was your impression of Christians uh, then, or Christianity? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta apologize in advance because I know I probably be offending a lot of people here, but I honestly thought they were not the most intelligent bunch. Right? They were probably eccentric and you know they had magical thinking and they believe in stories that are so far-fetched and right. so out there okay uh and how old were you when you first started thinking that yeah so i first heard about it when i was i first heard about christianity when i was about eight years old in grade three from one of my uh lovely teachers called miss yang she was very big on preaching the gospel and spreading seeds to to the children but uh, when I heard that story, I thought she was being ridiculous. She was like, I thought she was telling us a fairy tale and that there's no way that any of it could be true. So I was actually pretty arrogant. I, I always thought that one day I would grow up and I would be a doctor. I would have superior intelligence and knowledge and that, uh, you know, she had no right telling me what to believe at the time. 
right? Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Miss Yang in grade three. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of into high school, did that continue, you think? Yeah, for sure. Uh, in high school, I entered this phase where I like to play a game called the crying game. Yeah. The so, crying game? Yeah. What, what's so, the crying game? Yeah, so uh, every time I meet a Christian, um, I would actually uh, be very confrontational, get really in their face, and I start trash-talking, and I start debating with them, and the whole goal was to break them down so they cry. And once they've done that, then I felt like I've accomplished my job. That's kind of like the goal. And right. I won the game. Wow. And I would pat myself on the back. When you yeah. get them to cry, that's when you win. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so kind of fast-forwarding a bit, you uh, graduate from high school. You did very well in school. Yeah. You go to Queen's University, one yeah. of the top yeah. universities yeah. in sciences. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, just a couple years later, you move to China. Yeah. And you go to Peking University, which yeah. is also a very, yeah. very good yeah. Uh, yeah. Medical University yeah. too. What what made you go from Queens in Ontario yeah. all the way to Peking uh, yeah. or Beijing, China? Yeah. So um, the reason that I went to China was actually uh, a, a story of uh, disappointment. I would say. Uh, I would say for the majority of my academic career early on, things went well. I always uh, made honor roll. I scored well on the provincial exams back then when they had when all the subjects had provincials. And uh, I was able to uh, make it to Queen's University, did really well in the first year, and everything looked like, um, you know, everything looked great. I was on track to probably achieve my dream of going into medical school. And then second year came around, and uh, despite my best efforts, my, my grades were uh, just disappointing. It wasn't where I, I wanted it to be. So um, in a way where, you know, oftentimes in the past I would rely on myself, so, um, you know, we, I wanted to change in my circumstances. I wanted to be in control, which is why, you know, I ended up going to China for medical school. Just so I know that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll actually be doing something that I want. Yeah, yeah. And when you moved to China, what was that experience like? So, um, it was definitely a culture shock for once, for, for when, when that one went there. And uh, I would say, Things seemed okay for the first couple of years, but it was when I uh, reached that final year of um, university in, in med school where um, I started to feel very anxious about my future, right? Because then I realized at that point, you know, after I'm finishing school, you know, my, my goal was hopefully to come back here and practice in, in Canada, right? But um, I knew at the time that resin residency positions would be very hard to get into because there's a limited number of spots um, and they're usually reserved for Canadian graduates. There's very few spots available for international graduates. And, uh, you know, I, I tried my best to buff up my, my resume, you know, did rotations in Canada to get reference letters, scored as high as I could on the exams, but there was still a lot of anxiety because yeah, I just didn't know. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like trying to win the lottery, like my, right. my, my future was, wow. was like, you know, trying to win the lottery. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's yeah. kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So what happened after that? Yeah, and uh, it was during this dark time that I actually somehow remembered Miss Yang telling me about uh, praying. Like she said, you know, when um, you know, when you're in a time of darkness and loneliness and where you feel like you need some help, um, you know, you can pray to God and He'll He'll listen to your prayers and He'll answer your prayers. So I started praying. And uh, a couple of my friends and in Beijing actually invited me to their church. And I started attending church regularly. And for some odd reason, every time I was in church, I got a sense of peace that I didn't understand. 
um, you know, my circumstances weren't changing. You know, I, I was still in that situation where everything was uh, seemingly out of my control. And yet, you know, when, I, when I'm there, I'm filled with peace. And, uh, um, you know, one day um, our, our pastor was actually um, doing the altar call at the end of the sermon. And uh, he was asking if anybody wanted to uh, start following Jesus. Um, you know, at that point, uh, I had been struggling with uh, kind of that, that anxiety and that fear for so much. There was so much thought going through my head. Um, you know, I was thinking, oh, what's going to happen if I do all this work, you know, spend all this time, five years of medical school in China, and then end up with nothing to show for it? Uh, among my friends in Canada, I'd be a laughingstock. They'd laugh at me, be like, oh, you decided to go to China, and then look what happened. Should just you know stay stayed in uh, in Canada and finish your undergrad and whatnot. There was actually a lot of fear, a lot of shame, a lot of self doubt, um, and uh, it was almost like I was hanging onto the edge of the cliff and my my muscles were getting tired and uh, I couldn't hang on anymore, sort of thing. So you're yeah, you're yeah. you're in church yeah, and then yeah. you're you're at the service. Yeah. And the, you said the pastor gives an altar yeah. call, meaning yeah. like he says, "Hey, does anyone yeah. want to receive yeah. Jesus?" Yeah. What 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 and what happens there? Yeah. So um, that day, I finally uh, decided to give my burdens to God, right? Um, you know, because I, I could also sense him that you know that that um, even when I'm weak and I let go, that he'll catch me, right? So that's when I finally let go of my pride and my past and. Uh, um, you know, I, I raised my hand and uh, I declared to the Lord that you know you are my Savior. I believe you are true. Your word is true, and I thank you for uh, just your patience with me, you know, your love for me, that you made yourself known to me at such a young age, and that you were patient with me for uh, 17 years until this day where I can finally see your your work, your glory working through my life. And I thank you for the difficulty. Um, that I've experienced because now I see that they were for a true purpose right. that, and that was to humble my heart yeah. and uh, I, I declare that you know, I want to follow you yeah. from now on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and when you made that declaration, when you raised your hand and you, you, you responded that way, like, how did you feel? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, nothing changed because I wasn't, uh, it wasn't like I became overpowered with gifts, spiritual gifts. I wasn't speaking in tongues or anything like anything like that from the get-go but i was definitely filled with a sense of joy and peace yeah yeah that's really cool in fact we've got uh, a video to show you guys of uh tony when he got baptized just a couple weeks or a few weeks after he raised his hand in the service uh this is back from uh, november 2010 right yes. okay let's check yes. this out let's check out this uh, this video together. Okay, so he's obviously speaking in Chinese. Yeah, yeah. This is your pastor in China. Yeah. Uh, this is in his bathroom. Yes, is that that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's because uh, in China you can't really meet publicly. You might get prosecuted. So the churches are oftentimes in private homes. Wow. Yeah. So you're yeah. basically being baptized in his bathtub. Yeah. Here. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. And I guess just to make sure you're sufficiently wet, he wants to put yeah, extra water yeah, on you yeah, on the yeah, back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. We should do that to thrive. Okay. Oh, man. That's, that's really cool. Wow. That's great. That's cool. Can we give God a big, big hand for that? That's really neat. Now, Tony, that was 2010. That was uh, several years ago. Mm -hmm. It's 2018 now. What would you say since receiving Jesus Christ, what do you think, the, what, 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 what difference has that made in your life? Yeah. So, um, there's been 
um, an abundance of blessing from the Lord ever since I received Jesus. Uh, the first one being, uh, you know, I got married to my wife, uh, Wendy, and uh, that's been a great blessing because she is uh, she is a God honoring woman, and uh, I never would have uh, known about the importance of having that quality in your spouse if I if it weren't for Jesus. Yeah. Cool. Is Wendy yeah. here? Wendy's right here. Let, let's give Wendy a big hand. Can we do that right now? Just welcome her right now. Yeah. In fact, uh, we've got a couple pictures of uh, the two of them and I guess a hint of their love story. This is uh, when Tony was heading back to Canada, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they're at the airport. No, no, we'll just go back a bit. And then the Wendy right there is in the first row, kind of on the left there. Uh, next one here, uh, next one is uh, them under a tree. That's a nice one. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, yeah. You put that up in your living room or, uh, or something. And then what, what's the next one here? Okay, this is a more recent photo of you guys, right? Uh, and there's Lucy, your, your dog as well. Uh, do you find in any way, does your relationship with Jesus affect your relationship with one another as husband and wife? Oh, for sure. Um, uh, I think uh, in some ways, Wendy's like the rock for me in terms of faith. There was the, this time during residency where you know, I felt I would say I'm, I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy to spend time with God. And uh, uh, because I was with Wendy, she never let me kind of stray off. She would only always bring me back, and uh, that's that's the reason I'm here today. Is because she was able to keep me level-headed and help me refocus on the Lord. That's yeah. really cool. Two are yeah. better than one. When one yeah. falls down, yeah. the other can pick yeah. the other up. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. What are some other benefits you found from receiving Jesus in your life? Yeah. So the second benefit is was uh, actually um, having my my dream and my prayers answered by the Lord. You know, I did eventually get into the residency position that I wanted. Wow, so you, you, the, yeah. the lottery came true. Yeah, yeah. You, you got yeah. the position. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, I truly believe that it was by God's grace. And uh, uh, I, I do believe that if I, possibly if I never became Christian, that he ne He might have never given me that position. Because I, I trust wow. that, I, I, I understand that the Lord oftentimes would put someone in a position where they, they can glorify his name. Yeah. And, and you know, I was yeah. honored to be that person Amen. yeah i'm glad yeah. he picked me yeah. yeah yeah that's really yeah. cool i'm glad he picked yeah. you too yeah. any anything else any final thoughts on you know the difference that jesus yeah. makes in your life yeah so um actually consistent with our theme today is uh, he did bring color into my life because as you can maybe potentially pick up in my story a lot of my early childhood i was um, um relying on myself a lot rely on my own pride to be the driving force actually sometimes using fear and negativity to be a driving force as well but that's only carried me to a certain extent. You know, I mentioned how in that final final year of medical school, where you know, as despite me doing my best, there was just it, it, I was facing a wall that, that I could not could I could no longer control. And uh, you know, praise God that you know he uh, he was able to uh, win that battle for me. And uh, as a result, um, my my perspective has changed. He's brought in colors that I've never seen before. Yeah, like uh, something as simple as the food in front of my table, close my back, my friendships and my family, all those simple things, you know, they, they became colorful. I, I start to appreciate them more, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a joy when you know the Lord. Yeah. That's really cool. Jesus put the color back yeah. into your world, yeah. basically. That's right, yeah. That's awesome. Give God a big, big hand for that. Yeah. Can we do that together right now? Praise God. One last question for you, Tony, and you've been great, uh, is, uh, you know, there's a stereotype out there mm -hmm. which kind of says, yeah, if you can't really believe in science 
and God at the same time. You can't really be a Christian, a serious Christian and a scientist at the same time. What what do you have to say about that? I would say um, when I was in grade three, that was very much my thinking, right? And uh, uh, hopefully that over the years, I've actually become more intelligent and become more wise. And I I had the privilege of studying at Queen's University in science and also at uh, Peking University. And I was basically seeing uh, science at its uh, highest level, right? And uh, to some disappointment, basically, um, I I was disappointed to find that science really didn't offer me the answers that I had expected when I was uh, eight years old. And, uh, uh, you know, one of my good friends, John T., uh, who I met uh, in high school, you know, he, he changed my perspective as well. He told me about Einstein, how uh, Einstein, you know, I, I had a lot of respect for Einstein. He's one of the greatest minds of our, uh, of, of mankind, really. And uh, uh, yet, he was, he believed that there was a higher power, right? And uh, it, it's helped me realize that um, believing in the Lord has nothing to do with intelligence. You can be as smart as Einstein and uh, still believe in higher power, or you can be a silly eight-year-old boy uh, and not believe in, in the gospel. And uh, so it's helped me realize that it's truly that this, this is a heart thing and not an intelligence thing. Yeah, my, my pastor in Beijing broke it down for me um, when, when uh, I talked to him about um, some of the barriers of believing in Jesus. He said, you know, uh, I have all the evidence in front of me and, and really it's a, it's, a, it's a decision based on my heart. Do I choose to believe that what Jesus said is true? Is he telling the truth? Right? Or is he a liar? Right? Is he making up a big lie? And, and dying. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, or is he, is, was he just schizophrenic? Was he crazy? Right? And, uh, you know, and the evidence is there. But it's, you know, it's your own heart that makes that decision. You don't need to be Einstein to make that decision. It's totally about your heart. Yeah. Well, Tony, it's been an awesome pleasure to have you here on the stage. Have you guys enjoyed Tony's story today? Can we thank Tony and thank God as well for a really cool story? Thanks so much, Tony. Fantastic. That's great. One more time, Dr. Tony, will you give him a big hand right now? Let's thank God. Did you guys enjoy Tony's story? Yeah? I really enjoyed Tony's story, and, you know, I, I was doing this conversation with him uh, in the first service, and I learned a lot from that. Uh, I learned even more just now, and just found that, you know, when it comes to Tony's story, you know, I, I learned that, you know, never give him a hammer, especially if you're around a glass table, all right? I learned that. I, I learned that, you know, you can be a serious student of science, and at the same time, be a sincere believer and follower of Jesus, if you believe it, say Amen. Uh, But I think the most important lesson I learned from Tony's story today is that if you want to experience God, if you want Jesus to put the color back into your world, it all begins with having a humble heart, a heart that's open to God, a heart that's humble before him, a heart that's not closed-minded, but a heart that's open and humble. In fact, let's look at 1 Peter 5, verse 5 to 7. You guys have been an awesome audience today. Let's read this in a big, loud voice as participants together. One, two, three, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Turn your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, God cares for you. Find someone else and say, God cares for you. 
The Bible says God cares for you. And the fact is this, he cares for you. See, maybe you're today facing, like Tony, a situation that you can't control, a problem that's a bit beyond your ability to handle things. Maybe today you're facing a relationship issue where there's someone that you care about and you're working so hard at fixing that relationship, but for reasons beyond your control, it's a problem that's still there. Maybe you're here today and you're worried about your health or the health of someone who's very dear to you and there's feeling like nothing you can do, it's beyond your control. Maybe you're here today and you're going through some financial problems right now and a lot seems out of your control. Maybe you're here today and there's an uncertainty in your life where you're just kind of focused on the future and worried about the future because there's so much out of your control. Maybe you're in a situation right now where people are attacking you and you don't know when it's going to end and it just feels like so much is out of your control. If that's you in this place, I'm here to tell you today, God cares for you. That God is with you and God loves you. You don't have to live your life stressed out, worried, as if it all depends on you because with Jesus in your life, you can know God cares for you so you can cast your cares on him. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. It's because God cares for you. Come on, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. And when Tony was sharing his story about how he was born in Taiwan, that cute little two-year-old, and then he moves to Canada and grows up in Canada, and then he moves to China where he studies medicine, and he comes back to Canada. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that uh, I thought of, and it's Acts chapter 17. And you may have heard this verse before, maybe you haven't, but I just want to read it to you right now. Read it with me in a loud voice. It says this. It says, He determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. He determined, that's God. God determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. In other words, God chose the day that you would be born. God chose the time in history that you would be alive. God chose even the places that you would live. The fact that you're here in Vancouver, BC today is not simply your family's doing. It's not simply your doing. It's God's decision. Turn to him and say, it's God's decision. And it suggests to you and suggests to me that your life is not an accident. Your life is not some random occurrence. Your life is certainly not a mistake, but that you are, as the Drake, uh, you know, pop song says, you are God's plan. You are God's plan is that God created you for a purpose. God made you for a destiny. And what destiny and what purpose did he create you for? It was to have above anything else a relationship with God. That is why he made you and me. In fact, look at verse 27. What does it say? Read it with me in a loud voice. It says, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from each of one of us. See, today, I want to let you know is that God made you for relationship with him. He made you to seek him. He made you to reach out for him. He made you to find him. And he made you to have a relationship that's personal with him. So much so that until the day you have that relationship with God, you will never be satisfied. Until the day you have that relationship with God and you have a close, intimate relationship with him where you know him on a personal level, not just intellectually, not just by background, but because you and him, you have a close relationship, that is when you start to experience 
all that God made you for. And until that day, you can try to fill that hole in your heart with sex, with, with you know, pleasure, with you know, fame, with prosperity, with popularity, with power, with money, with material possessions. And you will never feel satisfied. There will always feel like something is missing. Because as the Bible says, God has planted eternity in your heart. It's a God-sized hole that only God can fill. You were made for a relationship with God. And can I tell you this? There's some good news for you and for me at Easter. Is that long before you ever thought about reaching for God, God was already reaching for you. Because God loved you. He said, I don't want to be separated from you. I want a relationship with you. You know, I, you know, especially at Easter, for some reason, I am that much more aware of my mistakes. I'm that much more aware of my shortcomings. I can't meet my own standards, let alone God's standards. And maybe you realize the same as well, is that none of us, none of us in our right mind could ever think that we could earn our way to God. None of us can. No way. Not a perfect, holy God as he is. But the amazing news of Easter, the amazing news that we have in Jesus is that when we had no way of reaching for God, God was reaching for us. And he sent Jesus Christ to be born as a human being, to live the life that none of us could live, a life that only God in the flesh could live. And then he died on the cross, not for his sins, but for your sins and for my sins, so that we could have a new start, so that we could be forgiven. And God, he not only sent Jesus to live and to die, but after Jesus died, he was buried. And on that third day, the most amazing historical fact ever happened is when Jesus Christ rose again from the grave to show that neither sin nor death have any hold over him. And now he's alive and they're at the right hand of the Father. And if anyone would put his trust in Jesus Christ, his or her sins will be forgiven. He gives them a brand new start, and God puts the color back into your world. Come on, give God a big, big hand right now in this place. Give him a shout as well, because that's what Jesus does. He puts the color back into your world. You know, every other religion that you find is going to tell you that if you want to get to heaven, if you want to get to God, it's all about what you have to do. It's about you being a good enough person, you trying to do enough good things, you thinking that you're good enough. But the fact is this, the Bible says the complete opposite. Christianity is the anti-religion because it says there's nothing you can do. But the good news is it was already done for you at the cross where Jesus died. Amen? It's where Jesus died that all of God's requirements were satisfied. It's when Jesus rose again that we have hope, not just for today, not just for this lifetime, but for eternity. And it's because of Jesus Christ. Look at Romans 10, verse 9 with me right now. Last verse for today. It says in a loud voice, read it. It says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, earlier today I told you, that God is writing a story with your life. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. Is that you actually have a role to play in that story. Is that you have a say in how that story goes. That story isn't just going to happen automatically the way God wants without your response. And so in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Because how your story goes, more than anything else, is going to depend on how you respond to Jesus. And if God has been speaking to you in this service today, if he's been speaking to you 
during this message, if he's been speaking to you through Tony's story, then I'm gonna encourage you to, to, to respond to God with a humble and an open heart today. Can we all just stand up right now? We're just gonna get ready to respond to God. I'm gonna invite the, the worship band to come up to the front right now. And we're gonna sing a song and prepare our hearts to respond to God today. We sung a beautiful song earlier today. What a beautiful name it is. It's the name of Jesus. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. No other person ever died on the cross for our sins. No one ever said a bunch of things about God and then backed it up by rising again. And so let's sing this song together as a response to God on Easter Sunday. Let's sing this together. Right now, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. And if you really want this prayer to benefit your life, then I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with a humble heart today, with an open heart today. Today, if you realize that you're a sinner and that you need Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. And uh, just as a way to express it on Easter Sunday, I'm going to invite you to do this. We're not just going to pray with our mouths. We're not just going to close our eyes, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to God today. If you realize today that you are a sinner who needs a Savior and His name is Jesus, why don't you just raise your hand to God right now. Raise your hand to heaven right now. If you realize that today that you are a sinner who needs Jesus to forgive you your sins, why don't you raise your hand to Jesus right now and you can pray this prayer with a humble and open heart. You can say, Heavenly Father, I come to you, I come to you, a sinner, a sinner in need of a Savior. In need of a Savior. I believe, I believe you sent your Son, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, to be born into this world, to be born into this world, that He lived a perfect life, that He lived a perfect life, that He died a sinner's death, that He died a sinner's death, that He rose again, that He rose again to give me life, to give me life. And so today, so today, I place my hope, I place my hope in Jesus Christ. Please forgive me of my sins. This is my new beginning. This is my new beginning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Just could you just for a minute just keep your hands up right now? Just keep your hands up right now. And just as a just as a way, we're just gonna give those of you who have your hands in praise and just pray to Jesus today. We're gonna have we have a gift to give to you right now. Just keep your hands raised. It's a gift just to encourage you on this day on this day when you pray to prayer to God. Can we give God a big, big shout in this place right now? Can we give God some applause in this place? where Jesus died. And so congratulations. Those of you who prayed that prayer, hope you enjoy that gift. And uh, we're just...